What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is uh this is good. Masters. We go from good couple good sports weeks into another couple good sports weeks. Because I kind of forget when you're talking about the NCAA tournament of the Masters, that it also leads right into the NBA playoffs. And and then guy, we are it's the April 12th, the draft's on the 26th, so mm. we're less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. It was two weeks bla- yesterday. Think about that. You ever heard of it, the draft? <laughs> NFL draft? <laughs> draft. Draft. Uh, and we got the, the whole Lakers thing. It's, what, a great, what a great sports week. Coward was saying he thinks Kobe actually is not a crazy bad fit. I thought Kobe said that's not his thing. Uh, when did he say that? I just thought that's always been kind of his stance. But think about this. And Coward's point was he gets to take over from probably the only guy that's more famous than him in Magic who just did a shitty job. Kobe already watches more film. Well, that's the thing. Like, no one would dispute Kobe half-ass the job. Like, he would be a grinder. And he gets to control LeBron. Like, fuck you, Rich Paul, slash, I could trade you. So it's a double win. I'm all in, John. The more I thought about it, if he did accept the job, he's not magic, right? Like his whole career was all about how hard he worked. You know, th- this is almost too good. We should save this for when we talk about the Lakers' job because I, you kind of got me fired up on Kobe. Well, and the other and the other Collins' point <laughs> was like, Kobe's never lived in Hollywood. Like he lives an hour away, like away from the flock. That's why he helicoptered in. Like he he wasn't into all the BS around LA. He's I actually kind of sold me like maybe he would actually be decent. Before we go to like Presti or Bob Myers, let's just give it two years of Kobe and see what happens. I'm with it. Uh, we'll get to that actually because you've wow, I, that's a great take. That is a great take. That is a strong, strong take. I'm here for it. I love it. I'm I'm here for it, as they say on Twitter. This podcast is brought to you by Ease E A Z E dot com promo code ham 
The billboards are everywhere. It's hard to miss. Ease is the best delivery platform. I ran into somebody last night who had some Ease in their bag. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal license, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. In fact, they pulled it out in a crosswalk. Uh, anyone 21 and over can get verified online in minutes. There's a chance that I might have, last night around 8 o'clock, not much going on, grabbed my Ease pen, got in my car, and headed to Baskin-Robbins. Uh, yeah, I just got two scoops in a cup, nothing too crazy. What'd you go but with? It was, What'd you get? I, I went with a scoop of uh, coffee ice cream with a scoop of mint chocolate chip. Oh, okay. it's really good. And you went, you went was, cup, not cone? Yeah, cup, not cone. Cup, not cone. Uh, but it was it was excellent. I had, say mo- in I, had some, I had some mocha fudge last night. Excelente. But <laughs> Ease.com got me through it with my vape pen, sour diesel, upper sativa. Big fan. And you can get topicals, edibles. Might actually take an edible here after we're done with the podcast before I go to the gymnasio. And, uh, yeah, ease.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase, over $50, guy free delivery. How do you beat it? Someone DM'd both of us yesterday on Instagram. They just they got it in. So we're here for you. Tell your friends, tell your friends. If you're already using it, tell your friends. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM in the numeral one. Not just the Masters. We're watching Tiger right now as we're recording this Friday morning. Uh, he's on the range putting in work, looking good in the mock turtle uh, or the mock tee. And, uh, and then, of course, NBA playoffs all getting fired up this weekend. I'll say two things really jumped out to me. Right now on mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, H-A-M, and the number one, is you can live bet on the Masters, guy. I'm talking live bet. So right now you can get Tiger Woods at basically what he was yesterday to open. But you know he's actually played pretty well and is going to be in this at 16-1. to 1. You can get DJ at 12-1, to 1, where I think he was originally like 9-1. to 1. Ricky Fowler's actually playing pretty well, 14-1. to 1. You can also, and I like doing this more than betting on the individual games for the playoffs, you could bet on series. Now, most of the series in the first round are very lopsided, right? Like, you bet a dollar. If you bet on the Clippers, you'd make like a million. <laughs> but who's betting on the Clippers? The one series that kind of jumped out to me, guy, was the Nuggets versus the Spurs. Just old crafty pop. Is this is he retiring after this season? Or is that next season? Not quite sure. But they're, I, I don't know. They've been playing really well. Uh, you get the Spurs a little over two to one. I, I kind of like them to beat the Nuggets in the first round, guy. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. If I were him, I'd wait another year. Just wait and see what happens with Durant. Maybe you can win some miracle championship next year. What do you think about that? Do you like the Spurs in this first-round series against uh, the Nuggets? I mean, sure. I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, a 2-7, it's the one. It's a 2-7 uh, like, matchup where I, you go, I get, my answer. Not. My answer, John, is, is, well, the reason I say sure is just like, any series not involving the Warriors, you could convince me just about anything's going to happen in the West. Well, the the other one that's kind of tasty, oh, but okay, the odds see, aren't great. Yeah, yeah. Is, is you can get Portland about one and a half to one. Uh, OKC's favorite, even though they're the six. But Russ has lost two first round series in a row. This is I know this can be kind of thrown out there, hyperbole BS, like legacy, like this Russell Westbrook. Cannot, guy, and I repeat, cannot lose in the first round three years in a row, can he? No, not when his team's getting better. Yeah, so I don't I don't think. But the Trailblazers, Dame, I mean, 
I, I wouldn't discount him. I don't necessarily trust him. Do you? No. Not one bit, Middlecoff. Not one bit. Just, let's just keep talking about the playoffs since we're talking about the playoffs. We'll get to Tiger next. Um, when do the Warriors play? Tomorrow? The Warriors play Saturday night, 5 o'clock Pacific, ABC. Okay. Against the Clippers. Um, That's a... So the, the NBA is basically, yeah, this is the team that matters the most. Is that what they're saying? Uh, yes, I think that's a pretty good bet. <laughs> the, the, team, other, the, the throwaway game is always like Sunday night, tip off 730. Well, there's, there's I think, two ABC games this weekend. One is that game, and then the other one is the first Noon game. Noon Sunday? Uh, yeah, 1230 Sunday, and that's Portland and OKC. It's really, I don't think it's an easy playoffs to schedule if you're like the TNT ABC schedulers I do think you could argue beside the Warriors if you just put them as your main team with LeBron being out I think you go with basically any team well I think the other one would be you just you try to get the Celtics in prime time or on a prime channel just based on market that'd be the other one what about Jay you could ride James Harden I mean he is he is a pretty big deal or Giannis yeah. Like, yeah. to me, you just kind of ride your stars. Like, that's yeah, why. Yeah, I mean, no, no I, doubt. I'm just throw... saying, like, there's not, to me, like, if we just, if, like, ABC is the standard. Like, how many teams are we trying to get on ABC? It's like, uh, the Warriors, the Celtics. Remember, it used to be a lock. You'd be like, oh, who's round one on NBA TV? You'd be like, oh, it's the Hawks. It's the Hawks. 100%. I bet now it's, who do the Raptors play? Nets? Um, the, problem with, the problem guy with the first round of the East is it's it's basically like Tiger, Bryson, Phil, Justin Thomas, and then four random golfers. And that's, you know, it's like the four teams are so heavily favored and they should win. And the East second round should be really good in theory, right? With just Boston, Philly, Toronto, and Milwaukee. Where the the difference is like the, the West, again, it wouldn't shock me if San Antonio were to win. It's I think... Portland could win. It's a great call, John. I'm with you. I think the second round of the East could be like the Elite Eight and or like the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Where the first round people are like, you want me to watch the Magic? You want me to watch the Pistons? I was listening to something the other day that are like, you know, it's easy to make fun of the Magic, but if you actually watch them, they no. are playing pretty well. I would say, I, I could make, I think the Orlando Magic in the three major sports are the are are the most irrelevant franchise more than Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Tampa Bay yes, Rays? Yes, 100%. You think the Orlando Magic are less relevant than Tampa Bay Rays? Correct. I, the Tampa Bay Rays John have like have been a winning for, like they've been in the I'm playoffs. I'm not talking like, about good or bad. I'm no, no, I understand. I, I know, but I'm just saying like they've had stars that people Tampa, are like guy Tampa this year is fucking good, the Rays. Well, I know, but I'm just saying like the last no, five I know years, I know I know I know they're good, but I mean they had like they they've had the game's best. I know Aaron Gordon plays for the Magic. I'm pretty sure that still occurs. But yeah, man, I I think within their yes, I think they're less relevant. I don't know. I'd be interested with. I mean, nobody goes to the race games. Uh but yeah, I mean, I I think your average fan. I don't know. It's it's a tough. There's a million ways to try to slice it. But I you know I what's do. crazy? It's basically just the NBA versus Major League Baseball because even the most irrelevant NFL team is pretty relevant, right? right? right. Yeah. 
Because if you like, oh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, I mean, well, Jameis. They almost signed John Gruden a couple years ago. If you like, take they play a, on Monday Night Football, yeah, take a small market team that's bad, and people are still like, when the Browns were bad, everybody knew what was going on with them. Yeah, number. I one mean, story. they were they were getting legit like front page ESPN.com articles written about the owner. Right. It's just it's relevant through it all. Like Mike Patton, Hugh Jackson. Everybody has followed the whole thing. Now the Browns yeah. are unique too. Like you gotta. To me, it's like the Dolphins or the. You know, like, every, the Browns are a story always just because they were the Browns. To me, it feels like the Dolphins are the worst. Even though, remember that stat that came out, like, last year? They've basically been, like, over the last, like, 30 years, they're, like, 230 and 230. They're, they're, they are the epitome of average. Because, <laughs> to me, they do feel like the most just the Dolphins. Like, ugh. And even Lebitard, did you read Lebitard's article on Wade? I did not know. Good? Yeah, he basically just said, I mean, forever, this was Marino's town, right? He was the guy. And he's like, I don't even think it's close anymore. Like, Marino isn't as relevant, also just because he gets older. And he never won. The Marlins have never really had a guy. It's like, Dwayne is so far ahead and above everyone as like this. He's basically that city's like Joe Montana. Mm. And I started thinking like, our city... The one thing Joe will always have, because of like God, Steph has become a really big deal, and to me, he's probably probably past Bumgarner and Posey just because he's maintained dominance and he just will longer. For sure, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, he's past those two, but I, the one thing Joe is always going to have is like he was arguably now he's the second best quarterback ever, whatever. But he won four four Super Bowls. Like to me, I. Steph might just become his equal, but I don't know if he ever quite passes him unless well, like, he wins five yeah, or six. Yeah, but even then, John, our NBA championships, and the Warriors are massive now in this area, but football, we always argue, is it a football or a baseball town? Maybe the Warriors have made it a basketball, I say town, area. But there's winning Super Bowls is still winning Super Bowls, and I think that's it's hard to... I don't know if four Super Bowls and four NBA championships are equal. You know what I mean? Like, if the if the current 49ers had been on this run that the Warriors are on right now, would they be bigger than the Warriors are? And I also... Uh, yeah, say that one more time. So let's say the 49ers were on the same run that the Warriors were on. Like With, three like, out of Montana four, and Rice, whatever. Just, just these four, right now, the, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the 49ers, and they're just winning championships every year. They would be, I think, guy, as crazy as it sounds, infinitely bigger than the Warriors. I think I do, too. I think they'd be bigger. <clears throat> I think, in the end, a, an NFL championship, four of those and four NBA titles. And Steph's massive. But do, I you do, know, think, do you know what do you know what I think like a guy, let's say a sixty year old would tell you that like live through Joe, a diehard in this area. And let's say he loves the Warriors too. And I think about this sometime too, because I ran into listen to the Belichick book. A couple parts when he was with the Giants, they had the inner they interwove like the Bell the Parcells Walsh rivalry. The matchups in the NFC through like eighty four to ninety were the eighty five Bears and just those Bears teams were fucking Parcells and Belichick. The Redskins were incredible. The Eagles were pretty damn good. Like, it, it, the Warrior, who are the Warriors really? They went through LeBron, but his team, you know, like, ah, it was more LeBron and, like, Kyrie. They didn't go really through historic teams, right? If they would have beat the Miami Heat twice of, like, Wade and Bosh, I think we'd give them, like, a little more. Like, they're an all-time great team. I'm not taking anything away from them. 
But I think if you're just nitpicking, you'd be like, God, Montana's beating fucking Parcells and the Bears. And just they had a run from basically 81 to 90 with Montana. You know, right. it's a little like, will the Warriors run be that long? Because right now it's, it's what, 14 to, I mean, it's about five years. Like, do they got five, four more years in them? Because if they do, then I'd be like, yeah, then they're probably close to equal. I just don't know if they do. Also, no, Steph, no. Steph individually is such a star, right? Now, the thing that Joe has maintained is that Joe is just kind of still in the area. Everybody's got like a story of someone they they ran into Joe or they saw Joe or somebody they know just saw Joe. Like Joe's just around, right? Does, does, gonna... does, does Steph make the Bay Area's home? You think when he's like fifty and sixty? Like to if me, you... that's part of what makes Joe cool. Is like Joe's just around all the time, unless it's, you a say... Niner, unless it's a Niner game. But wouldn't you say also that resonates just with that group? A lot of those guys live around this area. Like Jerry yeah. lives here, Brent Jones lives here, Ronnie lives here. Like they, they are staples. Like is is Clay Thompson? When he's 50, going to live in the Bay Area. I might lean yes because he'll always be a bigger deal here. And I, I might actually lean yes for Steph too. Like this is going to be – he'll just be a member at Olympic and the Cow Club and everything and just be here. Now he might have like three or four homes because the difference is probably also like Joe lived here because this is where he's going to make most of his money. Like Steph is going to be so goddamn rich when he retires. I mean, so he'll, yeah, he'll have a home here, but he'll be like multiple places, multiple times. Joe, Joe really probably wasn't as rich. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so laughs> the, the, the lock of the century was a car going fucking behind our podcast. <laughs> a motorcycle. Somebody tweet, motorcycle. Who tweeted that at us the other day. That was a great tweet. <laughs> so true. He's like the lock of the century is that a motorcycle will ride through the, uh, the podcast 35 minutes in this, this came a little early. We should bet on the over-under of the first podcast motorcycle. <laughs> That's pretty classic. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to guess which series, which NBA playoff series? Now, keep in mind, as you get to like game six, game seven, game five even, these are TBD locations for where the game is. But one series, there's only one series right now that has two scheduled NBA TV games. I bet it's an Eastern Conference. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. It's a Western Conference series. In the while you're thinking, I'll just tell you. In the East, Bucks Pistons is scheduled for an NBA TV game, and uh, that's it. So there's only three. Uh, I, oh, it's it's got to be Nuggets Spurs. Correct, Nuggets Spurs. NBA TV. Yeah, game two and game three. Who does Orlando play? Uh, Toronto. So Orlando's. The- Orlando's the uh, – Milwaukee's the Seven, one. Yeah. Toronto's the two. Detroit's the eight. So it goes Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Correct. Boston. So in the, in the second round, you would get Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto. That's yep. pretty good. That's awesome. I, I'm into that. Now, and we also might get Warriors-Rockets. I mean, we don't, might not – I mean, we're probably going to – I mean, we're going to get that. Because the Utah beating the Rockets would be a massive upset. Yeah, well, I mean, if OKC beats Portland, but to me, the, like the Vegas line, it's just not. It's it's closer to a coin flip. What OKC's you, favored. Yeah, they're the sixth seed, is what I'm saying, though. Yeah, so OKC would be playing the winner of the two seven. Denver, or San Antonio. So, so you OKC, could end up with Houston and then OKC, which it would be my bet right now. That's my hope. 
Yeah, I don't want Denver. To me, if, no, it, to God. me, if you get if you get Rockets, OKC, that's pretty damn. And then like let's say Giannis or Toronto, that's a pretty good tough stretch for the Warriors. I I would say that would be the toughest three series stretch they've played in this five year stretch over runs. If you went Houston, OKC, OKC, and then one of the sweet teams from the East, which you're gonna get. I mean the OKC, Cleveland. I'd say even even, when even they, Philly what, would be a tough final. Yeah, because if Philly made the finals, you'd be like, God, they're playing pretty well, right? Is that going six though? What? Like, are the who's taking the Warriors to six in the finals, or, the, or is Philly taking them to six? I I would only say Philly because they have the most just fucking blue chip guy. I mean, they got two blue chippers. I mean, say what you want about Jimmy, still fucking better than like the Bucks' fourth best player, and then Tobias is just also a really good player. So yeah, to me, they're the only one that I'd go. You know what? This might just be like one of those bulls. Remember Michael when he when he came back, they'd play like Utah and they'd win in six, but it'd just be like God, that felt like a nine game series, but it would end in six. That's what I just want out of a Warriors Finals. There's a six game series where they win, but it feels big. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and a little new blood can help that for sure. Especially if, like, one of those teams has kind of rolled through the – not rolled through the East, but just been really impressive. You Who know? would you – if you could pick one of the four? Um, Philly. I wouldn't hate – you know what? I wouldn't hate Boston. Because the one thing I know is Kyrie won't be intimidated by being in the finals against the Warriors. And – the guard. One, pro- one problem, though, is Marcus Smart, their best defender, who would check Steph fucking towards Labrum. Yeah, look, I don't think I can beat him. But I just, if I'm just kind of think, I'm just picturing the finals. Like, them in Boston would be cool. Um, Philly's had a lot go its way lately. Need a little, heat, saying, che- need a little heat check. You're just saying in life? I think their crowds would be great, though. I think Philly would be awesome. Well, can you imagine if somehow Philly could split? I don't think Milwaukee would feel big. I don't either. I think the NBA nerds would be like, what are you talking about? They got Giannis. He's the fucking best thing since Malcolm Brogdon, if he was healthy. Yeah, I'm with you. Can you imagine if Philly were to split 1-1 with the Warriors, what that place would be like, Game 3? That would yeah, that's one of those where the series could go five, but that would be you'd be like, remember what it felt like going into game three? We didn't know. And it just that you just you know AI hitting the bell, Bryce there courtside with Carson. They'd start the Duck. game on like a twelve-two run. Yeah, just like oh, Simmons this, would hit a jumper. This is insane. That's what I want, guy, because I I think they just got more firepower than Boston. I'm with you. Boston would feel sweet too. That place would be going nuts. Those two crowds have the highest upside. Toronto's not bad, but it's still Canada, and I just, I'm just i not really feeling it. Did you see what Zach Johnson did? Was this today? Was this live? Yeah, he, like, fake hit a ball. He was practice swinging, and it, like, went off the little wood thing and then went. But Kucher laughed. Yeah, but that's his shot, right? I, I It kind of looked like I was watching on the side on my iPad. It looked like they let him swing again. Yeah, he went and picked it up. I, I, how was that not your shot? I don't know. I just think because they like Zach so much. A little weird. I I would also be a little mad if so I, I guess was. If you're uh, addre- the rule is if you're addressing the ball, it's not a stroke. Kucher laughed, and it was like, "Hey, Kucher, you kind of screwed Sergio the other day, and you're 
letting this guy off? Because he's a nice Christian guy? I don't know. A I, little think I think the rule, like, that's fine. Because Zach looked at, because Zach did, did what Sergio didn't, which is look at him and go, hey, what do I do? And Kuchar, the one thing, I, I played with a couple college golfers the other night, and they said that Kucher easily could have done is after Sergio did it, just lied to the, the guy and just be like, I gave him the putt. Definitely. Could have. That That's where Sergio had a right, like, come on, man. Like, Jesus Christ. And I, again, Kucher's true colors have come out a little bit over these last six months where I think everyone on tour would be like, who's the nicest guy on the PGA Tour? I I think he would have been heavy favorite to get the most votes of like 80%, right? Oh, Kucher. But if that's, how, I, if that's who he is, then that's bigger than – because to me, like the Sergio thing, if he just does what he thinks is right, F the rest of you, like I don't like Sergio as much. I'm not going to give it to him. I like Zach, and I know this candidate didn't do shit. Then, like, I even though I don't agree with all of it, I kind of I do respect that attitude. I just think you, yeah. To me, then you'd be better off saying the guy was the worst caddy. Just yes. be honest about it. Yeah, just rip him. Just absolutely torch him. Because he he doesn't say that, and it's basically just you're taking advantage of Mr. Ortiz in in, uh, in Mexico. Yeah. Who uh, would just who would have died for thirty five thousand? How about Tiger looking physically like? Primo Tiger. Because he goes mock turtleneck, which is... Has anyone been wearing the mock turtleneck lately? No, no, he brought it back. Nike said they made them specifically for him. I feel like they went into the... They had like an old shed of all the old stuff they made Tiger, but Tiger stopped wearing because he wasn't on TV anymore. And they're like, yeah, we, we got all these Primo Tiger mocks that we, we didn't... We couldn't sell. So, so clearly he's going four straight mock turtlenecks, right? It's, he's not going color at all this yeah, week. No, it feels like he's going four straight mock turtlenecks. Like, he's got a red waiting for Sunday, Absolutely. Right? He's got two. He looks – if I'm him, I ditch the the call, collarless – Gruden was the one guy that sported it last year, and now Mayock's sporting the shit out of it. I ditch that. Rory wears them a lot. I never wear those again, and I only wear what he's wearing there. Because clearly they have the – you know, that dry fit fabric now just in the mocks. Like, just – that's Tiger to me. More than the collarless that, well, do you, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys wore the collarless. What was the tournament? The first tournament, you remember? I I think it was a mock tournament like he was wearing. Maybe it was a polo, but when it was like, oh my god, Tiger is jacked, and you could see his nipples the whole time, like they were like pounding through the. You're the, saying like the back claw. in the late nineties? Yeah. Recently? Well, no, no, like in the two thousands, like but before everything went sideways, or maybe it was after, but it was just when Tiger was huge. Tiger got jacked all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but you know. I just remember there was one tournament where he's wearing the mock turtleneck. It's like, oh my god, this guy! Like everything was kind of tight, like the shirt was tight. I just remember his he, his nipples were just like it looked like he was playing in forty degrees the whole time. How many calories do you think Tiger eats a day? Like forty five hundred, more than eighteen hundred. Like, but of just legit calories, right? Yeah, the tough thing is you're on the course for so long. I guess power bars is really the only thing you can eat out there. Pimento yeah. cheese sandwiches. Yeah, and like bananas and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, again, you, you don't forget, Tiger gets up at like five, goes to the gym. You know, he gets a pump in. He, he Like, Tiger and Kepka ain't, well, Kepka now, maybe. Kepka does look a little skinnier, right? 1,000%. Not to me, Tiger. Who knows Tiger if it matters? Tiger, you know who's sneaky, pretty big? Is Dustin Johnson's like pretty jacked. Like, he is. Did you walk by him when you were at that tournament? Uh, Tiger walked by me. Uh, 
I don't know. Dust, I, I don't think I saw Dustin in person. Dustin is fucking massive. I bet he's 6'4", 230, and just pretty strong. Like, he's bigger than Kepka. Kepka was thicker, but just when you factor in the full body. Yeah. DJ's huge. DJ's big. These guys all lift. I mean, that's part of their dude. They all lifters. Not all of them. Yeah, not the what's the dude's name from uh, from Thailand? I don't know, but uh, did you see the video of him driving like a Maserati or it was a Lamborghini? Oh, guy the I went on a Thailand. I went on a deep dive on his Twitter account. I'm like, I love this guy. I mean, he smokes, vapes, he uh, he just clearly eats, but he's really good. He kind of has a John Daly swing, How really old is fast, he? really long. I, I guess like 30, you know, 28 to 32, somewhere in that range. Like he's a legitimate like one of the best players in the world. I mean, he's not just some Fat guy that's hot. Now he's good. And I, it feels like if you go to his Twitter account, he's boys a lot. Like a lot of the golfers seem to like him. Feels like kind of like the life of the party. Always smiling, always happy. Again, I have no clue how to say his name. All right, so we'll record this podcast before Tiger tees off. It's kind of the idea. He's two under as the day starts. Right now at this recording, the leader is Molinari and uh, Poulter, both at six under, Kepka and Phil and Jason Day at five under. Well, Phil just hit it. Phil just fucking shanked it in the trees. Okay, which means there's a great second shot coming up here. Um, we talked during the week that it didn't feel like Tiger was going to win, but it did feel like he was a top ten. You only feel better about that now, right? Just watching him through a day. Yeah. After I mean, there's a ways to like a lot of guys are playing well. That's the thing. Yeah. To me, I mean, we're recording this before he tees off. I, I'd say if to feel good about his chances. Let's assume the leader at the end of the day, I'd say between seven to eight. If he shoots another 70, 69, so he's four or five under, and just within four or five shots, I'll feel good. But to me, he can't go even par today. He can't stay. He's got to gain some shots. You know the four times he's won the Masters, he shot 70 every time? Like, usually Tiger's a kind of historically slower starter. So you shoot 70, you're in pretty good shape. The problem was yesterday, some guys just went super low. Yeah. What do you think about my analogy? Thursday at the Masters, like the preseason, a lot of random guys, not necessarily yesterday because a lot of famous guys were doing well, but usually a lot of randoms go low. Thursday, fr- or Friday, Saturday, analogy's not perfect because there's a cut involved, or kind of like the regular season, where people start separating themselves, it kind of gets established, the t- top guys sustain it, and then Sunday is like the playoffs. It's like its own little world. Just the pressure, you're sleeping on it, you just you feel the immensity and the just the the what potentially is in front of you, you know, regardless what your name is. I mean, some of the most famous players have had some historic flops on Sunday at the Masters. The the magnitude of it. Yeah, I like I I think it's a good analogy. I would say to Sunday is 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 like it is it's like a bunch of Super Bowls going on at the same time. Yeah, like, so maybe so it's so, for, like think yeah, about so, this. Because what I'm thinking of, what, what you just maybe said that made me think of it is like, think of how many Super Bowls you turn it on, you're all fired up for the day, and then it's just, a, it's an awful game. It's like a 25-point game. It's like, oh, wait, that sucked. Like, there are guys that get all fired up, Sunday rolls around, they're in like fifth place, they're making a run, and they just, it just, they they fall apart. Okay, I, I figured it out. Okay. Thursday's a preseason. A lot of randoms making plays. Friday, because you have to then maintain it, is the regular season. And then the cut happens. And then when the cut happens, they don't go threesomes anymore. They go twosomes. 
So the pressure even then becomes a little more impactful. Saturday is the playoffs. Like you got to make a. Win. I'd say it's like the starting like the second week of the play, like not the not wild card weekend, like the second yeah. week. Like the NFC and AFC championship games on Saturday, and then Sunday you're right, a bunch of little Super Bowls, all at once. With some because with some you're guys right. just You'll being be like, oh, some guys giving up 21 points in the first quarter. <laughs> well, because it's classic. Like I remember, it was either last year or two years ago. You get like, oh, the second to last group is Jordan and Justin. And then by 1 o'clock on your couch, you'll be like, God, I haven't seen one shot these guys have hit because they're fucking three over each. And they're just not showing them anymore. But you'd be like, on paper, you're like, this is this is like Matty Ice first. I, I just remember at halftime of the Patriots Falcon Super Bowl, that was unique because of the incredible comeback. But it was like, this game sucks. It's 28-3. to You confident that Justin's going to be uh, playing on uh, Sunday? Uh, no. I'm not confident in any of the, you know, Jordan is falling apart. Justin should be playing better at the Masters. He just doesn't. I don't know. It's just, it's fucking coarse. The, the grass, how do they keep it so green, guy? They paint it? I don't. They're not shamed by uh, local uh, water usage reports. Clearly not. This is not California. Not California at all. I mean, is that Zach? I just I think Zach Johnson just putted from like 15 feet off the green. Is that who that is? Yeah. Just it's it's just an incredible event. It, it really is. I mean, does, I could, right now, let's just take it right now. 10:57 a.m. Pacific. I think, I think Tiger has a legitimate chance to win it, guy. Uh, well, I really do. I mean, if we think he's top 10, then we think he can win. But right now, who who do you see when you close your eyes wearing the green today? It can change in two minutes, but. Right this second, you close your eyes. Do you see Francesco Molinari wearing it? Yeah, I think it's someone like that. More Ian like, Poulter? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I don't envision Bryce Bryce in, who's kind of falling apart today. Uh, Matt I, Matt Kuchar, who's been playing really well, who's bound to win a major. I think most people would say, beside the young guys, like I don't count is Bryce and DeChambeau the best player to never win a major. He's fucking twenty three. I'd say Matt Kuchar currently is the best player in on the PGA tour to never win a major. So I, I would say I could picture Matt Kuchar and be a, the great, win. Be a great win for Matt Kuchar, by the way, it would be somewhat of a redemption story that he could like say a little subtle joke about, uh, my caddy's getting the green jacket too. Yes. Yeah, Sergio Ortiz. Like I got you, man. I'm gonna send you a bonus too. And then it, we all live happily ever after. <laughs> I, I, I would bet big money. that tiger has some moments though on Sunday that matter. They're like, God, tw- this guy's gonna win the main. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he's so in like it for the, the long haul. Yeah, but it, not even maybe necessarily fall apart. You know, just maybe Kucher hits some like crazy eagle putt. You know, Kucher would be my pick right now. Okay, I mean, guy, Jason Day is basically an NFL player playing golf. It's always like, you know, his back's locking up again. It's like I Jason Day is like thirty-two years old. What, what is going on here? Uh, it's painful to watch him walk. Yeah, all those like. You see him wincing when he's reaching down for his quarter. I'm like, well, how's this guy going to last? His career is going to end. Jason Day's going to be the golf version of like Derrick Rose. Like, just ended way too early. Well, he'll be on the coverage. Yeah, in like 2023. Like, (laughs) where did it go? (laughs) That's what David Duvall realized, like, I'm better off taking a little financial hit and building for my long-term future by just giving up golf and going on television. Well, the, I didn't. He had so someone tweeted the photo of his SI cover 
though he was like the hottest. He had 11 wins in a year and a half or something like that, and then he only won twice after the SI. Then he had the SI cover, hottest golfer in golf. He was better than Tiger, or at least Tiger's equal. I think he was an alcoholic or got on like uh, pills or something bad happened. Oh, okay. Maybe it was maybe it was Noda Begay was the alcoholic, but Noda was never as good as David Duval. I mean, Tiger had Phil, quite... Phil just did one of these, John. He put his hand to his mouth and yelled something. He didn't put his arm out, but he just... Although it's right in the middle of the fairway, so I don't know what the deal was. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> good good shot, Phil. That'll work. The, the crowds at this place, Guy, are just... are incredible. I, ha- I hate crowds, and I hate the masses. Like, being caught up with them. Like, Target on a Saturday morning. Safeway on a Sunday afternoon. Like, I hate battling the crowds. This is one thing that John Middlecoff will will be anti what he actually likes, and I'm going to go to this 1,000% in the next couple of years. Well, I think the difference be between this and, and most other crowds is that they're you ever like, been to, You ever been to Target Saturday at 11 o'clock? Yeah, I think the difference here is that these crowds seem to... Um, like, the things that in big crowds, the basic rules of society that get ignored, like, these big crowds still operate on small town rules like you put your chair down you can just leave it there no one will move it all day long you can still come back to it how about you can get a beer and a burger for five dollars also yeah well that's i've heard people talk that have gone there just be like you end up you think you eat a lot when you go to like a baseball game when the crap when the prices are pretty expensive but you just don't care like i only go to one baseball game a year yeah imagine when it's like i can get a this sweet cheese sandwich fries and this blue drink, I guess they have like Powerade, but they don't tell you what it is, just blue or green, for a total of $3.50. The amount of stuff you consume is stupid. But you're always, but then you walk it off because you're always walking. Yeah. You're eating cheese sandwiches. But they say the pimento sandwich is incredible. <laughs> that is what they say. Uh, all right, we were talking about. Uh, Magic and the Lakers. I don't want to get to that, but actually, I'm a little. You know, what, let's talk about the Raiders because nothing. You know, nothing happens. Then st- every once in a while, stuff happens. Like you said, the draft is as we record on a Friday, less than two weeks away now. Uh, Mayock spoke, said a couple things. Uh, I don't know what you made of the coaches want to draft for need line. You know, um, at the point being like it's not necessarily BPA and. Sometimes you got to be a little bigger picture. And we're obviously a coach-driven building, I think, was the other part of that line. And then about Derek, he said that Derek is their franchise quarterback, but we'll still take another one, quote, if we find somebody we like better, end quote. Which one I, think the, I, I think the elephant in the room right now with the Raiders that has to make you nervous, if you're Derek, Darren, or David, his little contingent of Carr brothers, and anyone associated with the cars, that even though I've heard that Derek believes he's safe, because Gruden told him that, there's part of you that doesn't believe him and that thinks there is a chance. And just because he drafts Drew Locke in the first, like there to me there's no guarantee that he would even trade Derek. He'd be like, fuck it, Derek, just got to compete with him. Even though the irony is, you know the Raiders right now, just take away Derek, have like seven quarterbacks on their roster? They have... Mike Glennon, people forget about that. They have Nate Peterman. Uh, I think I'm missing someone. They have, like, Tyrod Taylor. or I, I forget the other guy. But they legitimately have three guys that you you know specifically who they are on top of Derek. But it does feel like they're going to draft one of these guys. And I think Mayock, 
his quote on the BPA thing was more like, I'm telling these guys, they want to take Landry Jones. Landry Jones. They desperately want, you know, I got to have, you know, this was the Chip Kelly thing. I have to have Jordan Matthews. Like, Chip, we can get the guy in like the third round. Chip's like, if we, take him in the first round. They're like, no, we don't need to. And then he demanded we get him in the second because he was terrified. Like, Chip, no one wants a slow receiver. No one's taking him. I had a buddy actually that told me the other day, and here's the difference. And I once paralleled Chip and Gruden. Gruden used to take people like Le'Veon Bell off the board because he like looked at him funny, you know, like Landry Jones off the board because he thought he was not smart enough to learn the offense, you know, just the stupidest shit. He's like, if you looked at our who we can't draft board, it was basically the 2017 Pro Bowl, where the one thing Mayock says Gruden is Gruden doesn't care about. You're saying Chip would do all that stuff. Yeah, I think Gruden's the opposite. Like, wouldn't you guess for non like the doctor said we can't draft this guy. There aren't many character guys off the Raiders draft board. Like if I mean, you they traded the dra- a third for Bryant and they just signed that, Fontes that's Perfect, my, Like, so. Wouldn't you say of all the teams in the NFL, they have the least amount from their head decision maker that he would not draft? Would you agree with that? Like Gruden would be more open-minded to draft the worst character guys in this draft that can play. Yeah. So... And I think Mayock's battling that slash with, hey, guys, this is the stock market. This isn't just, we got to have this. You know, we can take this guy. But it's also unique because we got all these picks. It really is like, it's going to be hard for them to navigate because Gruden doesn't really listen to anyone. Mike clearly is, to me, more equipped to pick the players. It's Gruden's, I mean, his fatal flaw. He's a historically terrible talent evaluator. Terrible guy. Historically, like he is that bad for a guy that has a good resume as a coach. So I think Mayock's dealing with this guy that, one, is ego headstrong. Two, is just not very good at evaluating players. He's good at coaching them once he gets them. But he's not very good at evaluating. And I've often, like, you say that on Twitter, like, he knows way more football than you ever know. Yeah, I'm not saying that I I know nothing about plays. But I, I would bet my life that I, if we both went through a draft, I could pick the players that are going to be better in the league than he could. They just don't. He doesn't look at it the right way for whatever reason. Maybe that's he's way too into the coaching aspect of it and can't see the forest for the tree. Like he can't see the big picture. And I think that's what Mayock was brought here to do. Like I said in my three and out podcast, guy, that like people are like, of course he's the one making decisions. He's making ten million dollars a year. And I yeah. Think how many companies like Wells Fargo or whatever, any of these big companies, the CEOs of these major Fortune 500 companies, whenever you see a headline on Twitter like how much they make, it's just, whoa. Well, guess what? Their CFO or COO, that guy doesn't make like 100 grand. Those guys, if the, if the CEO of Wells Fargo makes fucking $50 million, his right-hand guy still makes like 17 and he depends on them for certain things. Whatever that guy's role is, usually something the CEO doesn't do well. Let him balance you out. Well, to me, is Gruden, like Mayock is better at personnel than Gruden. It's not even arguable. I think everyone in this country, and even Raider fans, said, if you could have one of the two guys in your building just pick all the players in this draft, who would you choose? Everyone would be like, Mayock. Yeah. Gruden should just allow, hey, Mike, what do you think we should do here? Not what's in our contract. You know, I have this. Listen, you're better at this. You pick the players. If he did that, I'd be like, God, the Raiders could kind of bounce back this year because I think Mayock would nail some picks. 
I don't know if Gruden's going to listen to him. And from what I've heard from little league buzz, is Gruden hasn't been listening to him. And I think it's already driving Mike nuts. And I think Mike knew what he was getting into, but he goes, I mean, can't we throw our fucking egos out the door a little bit? Like, we're all making a lot of money here. We're all kind of rich. Can't you listen to me on something that I do well? I, I don't get it. Like, to me, Gruden, his fatal flaw is a devastating fatal flaw if you won't listen to anyone, guy. Yeah, arguing is not an indication of it's not working if you both get to win arguments, right? Mayock does not seem like a guy that's afraid of arguing with John Gruden. But at some point you go, just because we can argue, if I never win any of these arguments, i.e. if you never ever say, you know what, that's a good point. I think you're right on this one. You've changed my mind. Then what is the point of all this? What am I here to do? I'm just here to argue with you because you wanted another alpha, but you didn't give a shit what that alpha had to say. Like you were just tired of Reggie getting shoved around, but you also kind of liked that Reggie would never give in either. Like, just, oh yeah, you're right again. Did you know Raleigh still worked for the Raiders? I had no clue. That's Paul Gutierrez nuts. tweeted a photo of that. Someone was like, listen, do you I'm think that Reggie could come in as, could Reggie come in as Raleigh one day? I would imagine those guys know him pretty well. I, I, you and I couldn't notice the difference, but I think people around him maybe could. That's pretty creepy. Someone, this guy tweeted at me like, "Listen, I'm a big Raider fan. That's fucking really creepy." I mean, not not even the fact that yeah, he's probably telling his brother what's going on, but just when people see this guy, he looks it's his twin, his twin, not just like a twins where they don't look alike, his identical freaking twin, who and they're not just like. Just normal looking dudes. They are you they look unique, right? The McKenzies have a unique body type. One, they're huge. Two, they're just I mean, they got these freckles. It's just they're unique looking. It has to be creepy sometimes. There is no doubt in my mind that Gruden has had his feet up in his office when Mayock and their bullshit, and he's like, God, it's kind of weird just looking at Raleigh in that room, right? He has to say that. Because it, it would be you're not a human if that doesn't cross it's your mind. Bizarre. Right? Especially if you're like Mayock and you don't know Reggie or Raleigh that well and you just kind of look at them. I give Mayock some credit and Gruden some credit. Like it, They easily could have just immediately fired the brother. Like that's just, let's just see if he's worth keep. You know, just like yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but I think to go back to something you said, I am now, what would, it would be more, tell me if you agree with this because I do feel this way now. If they uh, take Drew Locke at four, you 100% know Mike Mayock has no say in the room, right? Yeah, well, I, what I was going to say, yes, yes. But that's weird because that's not even a need right now. But if you think he's better, you think he's better. Um, Does Mike Mayock think Drew Locke's better than Derek Carr, you think? No. No chance. It, I would be surprised at this point if they don't take a quarterback in the first three rounds. Like I kind of feel like they're taking a quarterback. I would be surprised still. Maybe I'm, Maybe I'm just – Maybe maybe they're all trying to tell us we're going to take a quarterback in the first round. That would still be kind of jarring, don't you think, if we're sitting here like, oh, they just took a quarterback with their second first-round pick? It's going to be jarring, but we've already been talking yeah. about it. It's going to be no, nuts when it happens, but it's not like exactly. out of left field. Shouldn't be surprised. Like when but Khalil I... Mack got traded, it had kind of been getting weird for a while, right? Like it's kind of getting weird right now. That's why you're right. But we're at the point, not quite like Bill Simmons' Tyson zone, but there is kind of a Gruden zone right now 
where it's like, oh my God, they just traded the fourth overall pick for Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah, when you know, anything just, is blue. Like we, that's that's a great call, John. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we have. Like I remember, we talked about a while ago. Like I was adamant that one of these first round picks is getting traded for a veteran player. It's, it guess we shouldn't. It's not off the board yet because like like Jed and the Niners had that for like a twelve month stretch. God, this Harbaugh thing's weird. Then they do Tom Sula. Like, if you tell me, but they didn't do any with, crazy stuff with player personnel. With players, right? No, but just the Niners. Like yeah. weird things happen. Yeah. The Raiders now they've become a little more normal. Just franchise-wise, kinda. I mean, for them, but player-wise, anything can happen at any moment. Like if you told me, like God, they packaged so and so and so and so, Antonio Brown and Derek for Russell Wilson and two one. You know, it's just like they are the one team that's believable to do the weirdest shit because they have this guy that no one can figure out. Because no, because he's nuts, guy. He's legitimately nuts. And I think Mike, who is nutty in like football's his life, I think is finding out like this is pretty nuts. What would like, you say I, the chances are that he's the GM of the Raiders in the twenty twenty draft a year from now? I would say still pretty high because there this was his one shot. He took it. Like over eighty percent. Yeah, to me, he's got, I would say 2021 would probably be the more likely number. He's lasting longer than Magic. Yeah, he's going to stick out too. But I I wouldn't say, you know, there's, yeah, probably 80-20. But then I'd say if things stay weird and they didn't have a winning season this year, we'd start be getting to the 50-50. Especially if, like you said, I'm just arguing to argue but basically, we always end up with the same result. My opinion doesn't matter. If that's yeah, if you're li- and the other thing is like, are you even listening to me when it comes to like, hey, we need a defensive back off the waiver wire? Yeah. To to me, they got to have a season because I think you learn a lot more in a season on shit like that. Like, will you just be like, hey, John, I'm going to sign this practice squad guy? And that was I remember Randy Mueller told me about Saban is like. God, Saban always wanted to, like, we got to sign a practice squad offensive lineman. He's like, well, let me cut up the top 10 ones, and I got to watch him. Like, Nick, you don't have time. I'm telling you, we'll just sign this guy. And Nick was such a micromanager. Now, I don't know if, I I don't know what Gruden's like under that, because last year they just did whatever the fuck they wanted. Mike's going to want a little more control of that. Especially, to me, it'll be a little interesting what they do after the draft. Like, does Mike steal a guy from Seattle or something? kind of like John Lynch does, does Gruden allow him and do people around the league think Mike has enough juice where they want to aspire to go work for him? That would be pretty telling. Like if they just keep the same crew, maybe Mike's like, eh, it's not even, I can't really get anyone. It's not even worth it. That would be pretty interesting. Cause I I'd say if he goes out and gets like Cowboys have this guy like McElvoy or something like just some name, from another team that was like, ah, oh, this guy was their right-hand guy. I'd be like, okay, maybe he'll be here a little longer. And maybe he will anyway because he has in his budget to go outbid someone. I think this. I think the couple, the week after the draft, some stories will be pretty telling. I also think the Raiders clearly kind of talk a lot. Mike doesn't necessarily, but their coaches do. Like, do, does like an Albert Burr story come out about like, you know, this guy wanted this. Mike was pounding the table for Noah Fant. And Gruden was adamant that he was going to trade him for fucking – Martavius Bryant 2.0, some some weird. Well, and also, Mayock doesn't just give you a bunch of no comment answers. Like he does say, so, like we're just the stuff we're talking about today. 
I think he's he speaks like he should speak more for John. But I but I do think there's a professionalism to him. Like he's not going to say that. I, I think he's already been lying. You know that you know. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, yeah. I'm not pretending like any of this stuff is like great honesty. I'm just saying he does give us some fodder. Yeah, but my point is like he won't ever say like John was adamant we had to have this guy. And he basically said fuck you, Mike. We're not taking your guy. No, but I'm just saying like him talking about if we found someone we like better at quarterback, we would draft him. Like that's that's something. That's not that's interesting. You know, coaches yeah, sure. want to draft for need, and we're a coach-driven building. Like that's insight. So I take it. Um, all right. Speaking of insight, you had a great article in the Athletic. Subscribers go read it. Non-subscribers go subscribe. That uh, came out yesterday about Quinn and Williams, and you know, part of this obviously is couched in the 49ers in the second pick, and Nick Bosa called him Nick. Getting better at this, um, and the comparison between the two players, and uh, obviously there's some some good videos as as often the case. Uh, you talked to a number of people. I thought your conclusion was, hey, and, and this was kind of interesting, what you wrote at the end. This is me talking about what you wrote. But, like, John Lynch has made a pick before that had a personal connection, right? Solomon Thomas, there was a personal connection to drafting Solomon Thomas. And your last paragraph was the Quinn and Williams-Warren Sapp connection. And no one would know a player better than that, like that better than John Lynch because he played with Warren. So I do wonder, that makes me think, does John Lynch see some of that comparison there? And if he does, would it make him more inclined to draft Quinn Williams? But anyway, that's me with a brief, very brief, superficial summary of what you wrote. Yeah, I, I just think that I, I'm not the biggest Nick Bosa guy. Uh, when you got to take a guy second overall, I, I think he's a good player. I, I think he's a much better prospect than, say, Solomon Thomas, who clearly was going to go really high, and we thought the Niners might end up drafting him several years ago. So I remember saying, like, I don't even think Solomon Thomas is a first-rounder. I don't think that about Nick Bosa. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's a plug-and-play, hit-the-ground-running guy, ready to roll. My thing is, when I, especially in the top five, I, I got to swing for the fences, guy. I, if, if all things kind of being equal, I'm taking the guy with the higher upside. And this is the argument, like the BPA. They're, they're, to me, there's not really a question. And I've talked to more people in the league. They all The best player available – the better player on board is Quinn and Williams. Now, most teams like the pass rusher. I do think Nick Bosa's super hyped because of the brother, and he's a good player. Again, I keep going back. He's a good player, but is he ever going to be like a three-time All-Pro? I think Quinn and Williams. If you think he can be Warren Sapp, you're getting a three or four or five-time All-Pro who's 21 years old, who's never been hurt, who when I dove into it, I was like, God, why didn't this guy play? Because that's that's always what you get with a guy with just one year of production he didn't play guy because his starter was Deron Payne you know where Deron Payne went 13th in the draft you know what they try to do at Alabama try to win national championships so when you have a guy that's in top 15 that guy's gonna play who's a junior and this guy was a freshman it's like okay and then he finally gets his chance to play and what does he do he's the best player on the second best team in the country and you could argue if they played Clemson five times you know 10 times they'd probably split five five I know that game was a they ran around circles around them, but no, I, I, I agree with you. I, that game was, just, they should have been up was 20, one of those. That, yeah. Alabama should have been up 21 to three. Yeah. Just a weird game, but this guy was the best player on, I, I, I think it's fair to put Clemson, Alabama on the same level right now. You know, the top programs yeah. in the country. Right. And that was by, by a pretty wide margin. Like when you watch Alabama, who 
It was like 92, 92, 92. Because all he did was just dominate. And I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'd give John a lot of credit because I think the, the easy thing to do where you're going to get a lot of credit right off the bat, oh, Nick Bosa, the, you know, was the number one player coming into the season, sustained it, they need a pass rusher. But as a buddy in the league told me, like last week, he's like, look around the league, man. The guards and centers are awful. So when you have a good defensive tackle, it's why Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald, you can't block them. He's like, look so, at DeForest Buckner. They're, guy, DeForest Buckner, the defensive line for the Niners has been terrible, and he's dominated. Imagine him with help and now with DeFord. And even Solomon, like Solomon Thomas then should look better. Can't block everyone, you know. There's only five offensive linemen. You have four defensive linemen. You do the math. So here's the question, though. If the NFL guards and centers are bad, then it means that the college football guards and centers are bad. So what are the elite traits that Quinnen Williams has that translate, even if he's playing against bad offensive linemen, that you go, I, I know I'm looking at film of him playing against bad guards and centers, but he is what? The fastest 300-pound man uh, to step into the league? I mean, wh- what is like... What's his? What are his fastball? What are his best pitches? To me, w- one thing I've heard and you see it on film is like the angles he takes. He's not like Aaron Donald explosive, but his angles, like he gets on these guys' edges and is unblocked. was like Warren Sapp was super slippery. Now he was small. Warren was like six foot. This guy's like six two and three fourths or almost six three, a little taller. But he's like he's like a bigger version of Warren Sapp. He's just he can't like offensive linemen can't touch him. His moves are just stupid because he's not. I'm not a big fan of just super physical defensive tackles in college that just bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, bull rush. Because it's not realistic in the NFL. You got to win more with speed, and that's what's really kind of helped Khalil Mack. It's like his best attribute is strength. But if you watch Khalil Mack, like he does a lot of other shit. Like he'll beat you with speed. He'll come back in. Like he just. He doesn't just have one pitch, right? He's got like four pitches. And Aaron, inside, you have less pitches because you got less room. But when you think Aaron Donald, what do you think? Just speed. Like he's in the, he's not just mulling, you know, just uh, bull rushing guys and just like a Mack truck. He's really just kind of getting on their edges. That's what Quinton Williams does. And he's just an instinctive player. I, I just think he's unique. Like there, there are a lot of Nick Bosa's in the NFL. Some of them turn out to be good. Some of them are just okay. I, I just think that if Nick Bosa was named Nick Haberman, he was the guy that took over for when Joey got drafted. They recruited this five-star guy named Nick Haberman. He came in. He had a great, you know, he did what he did. Would Nick Haberman be the lock number two pick? Well, I think what Nick Haberman would have going for him, he played at Ohio State. And while he turned out maybe was a bit of a legacy at Ohio State, he was a great player at Ohio State too. Uh, but no, I mean, I I don't. But that's I what think... there is no yeah, Nick Haberman has no legacy. Hmm? You said kind of a legacy, like he's not. If you use Nick Haberman, there is no connection to Joey. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I, this oh, guy ended up. Like, this guy still ended up at Ohio State. But I'm not saying this guy's I think not. Like, my point is I, Nick I, Haberman would have still ended up at Ohio State even if he wasn't Nick Bosa. That's all I'm saying. But, but again, my, so, my point, yeah, my point is like, yeah, he's at Ohio, Nick Haberman's at Ohio State. He's an All-American. But you know the way draft picks are nitpicked. Like, is he still the lock? Like, this guy's the number one pick in the draft non-quarterback. 
Because that's how Nick Bosa's talked about. Um, yeah, I, don't I mean, I, so like, I, I, my answer is that I his think his brother has helped him out. Just the name. Yeah, my answer brother's is dominating I, league. I think his name being Bosa helps him, but I also think there's a chance that he would he'd be in this a good chance he'd still be in this conversation if he wasn't a Bosa. See, I think he would still be in the conversation, but I think he'd be talked more about like Josh Allen. Which I think Josh kind of gets nitpicked and just not as hyped. But you just say Bosa, it resonates because his brother's one of the best players in the NFL. Well, and that that's when you start to get it into like a top is, pick, three pick. That's where you get into is what the NFL draft boards look like the same as what the media and fan draft boards look like. They never do, right? So, you know, if we're all talking about Bosa like the lock number two, if that's not what the NFL boards are. Well, I think it, a lot. Of, I think the NFL likes them. I, I, well, there are probably there are probably some NFL teams that would take Josh Allen too, right? One hundred percent. Someone so, told me to the me other it's day. the same as that. If 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 that's the comparison you're going to make, then that makes a lot of sense. A media member, after I wrote that article, DM me he, the team he covers. He's like Ty Dunn. No, oh. this guy actually like a beat writer covers a team later in the drafts. Is like, yeah, they've already told. It doesn't matter for them. He's like, if they had to pick, they would take Allen over Bosa. So they, it, and I think a lot of teams once you get like past like. If you're the guy that covers the Bengals or whoever, if you're just friends with their GM, it's easier for that guy to talk to you. Just be like, yeah, I, I I like Allen a lot more, but he also has less on the line, right? So he, it's just like, does he truly like Allen more? Would he do that if he was drafted too? Right. That's or is that's it easy to be bold? Yeah, and the answer is typically it's easy to be bold unless it's like Belichick telling you that, right? You're like, no, he'd do it. If Andy Reid's telling you that, yeah, but if it's like uh, if Howie Roseman's telling you it. He believes yeah. um, Or maybe he's trying to get some information out of you. Oh, okay. I, he's, he's sly like a fox. I, I don't know if I'd go there. I'd say Belichick. I, I just think it's easy for a lot of guys later in the draft. But it, to me, someone DM'd me the other day. It's always a positive in a draft room, and it's just it's human nature to be like, this guy, even if like when Mahomes came up, his dad was a pro baseball player, even though it's football. Oh! What happened? Ian Poulter just just hold out a par three. I was just watching it roll. I was like, "Is this going in?" Or not, no, Poulter, uh, the other guy. That's Poulter. No, Poulter's wearing Henry, black. That's, that's Henrik Stenson. Stenson. Okay, thank you. Stenson did it. I was like, "Why that doesn't look like Poulter?" Is that today? I think so. I mean, I just watched it. Was it that not was pretty, today? That that was pretty. Incredible. Did you see it? Well, yeah, you're a little ahead of me. That was sweet. That was sweet. We can't rewind. I'm on the app. Okay, here's the thing, guy. Yeah. So your family that played in the NFL is a positive. His dad played in the NFL, and then his brother's in the NFL. Do you know his dad, I guess, went on record a while back? Like, you can Google it. The reason his career ended, his knees were blown out. Joey has missed 13 games in three years. Like, injuries have been a problem for Joey. Nick, four, two major injuries in four years. Like, that's... That's a pretty big red flag. Like that is, we're not just, oh, you know, he just tore his ACL in high school. If it's just a random guy tore his ACL in high school, whatever. I guess you got, he's been hurt and his family's always hurt. So like his name to me, then if his name's going to help him, his name should also hurt him. Well, it does. I, I, I think that's being undervalued in the media is that his name for his positive and the hype helps. There's also a negative connotation with that name. If like, yeah, I don't think he's as good as Joey. Not to and mention like, just the contract stuff. Yeah. He's hurt like Joey. 
And Joey's hurt like dad. I'll, I'll give you one. Do you picture the Chargers giving Joey some huge deal, or is it going to be a their their deal is going to be complicated with him? Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a Charger. Like you know, year year five of his year six of his career. Because let's say Joey plays 16 games this year, and they're one of the best teams in the league, and he has like an all-pro season, he'll want an enormous deal. And if I'm there, I'll be like, well, you did it once, full year. Can you do one more? And then well, maybe- the, the complicating factor for them is going to be like, if he does that and you're good. You like, did draft him third overall, so he's your guy and you drafted him. And right? you're going to feel some pressure. Like, we're in this market with this other team, and they're locking up all their stars. I don't think they have any problem with him or anything. It's just... Can I trust him to stay healthy? I, I think that's easily the red flag on Joey right now, right? Yeah. Like, do you know there's some clowny buzz that he might get traded, like draft night? To where? Well, I mean, you know the team that I think about. You already said him, yeah. But do they have the money to pay him? Like, Clowney's not getting Mac or Donald money, but he's getting more than DeMarcus Lawrence. Like, do they have $75 million to give Clowney? I'd say no. What would it take but to get him? Gruden will want him. Like, would the Texans give him for pick twenty four? Yeah, to me, you would. If you have no, if you're not going to pay him, you think you'd give the guy you drafted number one overall that's become a Pro Bowler? If you're not going to pay. You're not going to pay him. Don't you think it would take a little more, like fourth and like a next year's third or something? Number four overall? No, not. I, excuse me, twenty four, in like a oh. next year's third. Okay, yeah, sure, throw it up. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think you have to give like number 10 like i think 24 like if you're starting with 24 then you're gonna get them you think, think so i think so but again if they have no interest in paying them like how how are you how many teams are really gonna offer you something better than i mean i'm not saying you can't get something better i'm just saying 24 to me feels like it's in the neighborhood of getting that deal done now maybe you add a third okay but i'm just saying if you're willing to i don't know what, what do you think yeah i don't know it's just I just look at it. You did draft him one, and he's become a really good player. I think their problem is he's like a better version of D Ford for them that like, yeah, we really like him and want him, but their cap's all fucked up because they're paying all these guys a lot of money that if they pay him a ton, they already pay JJ a ton, they pay DeAndre a ton. It just, you you know, it just gets a little complicated. I, I think if they traded him, it wouldn't be because they necessarily don't like him because he is a really good player. It's more that... They just don't want to have all this money allocated to like four players. Like if draft and, night happens and you find out Raiders got Raiders and there's a deal done. We have a trade. Dun, dun, dun. Or whatever that sound effect is. Jadavian Clowney for a, for 24. Who would you give more credit to? I mean, I think that's an easy deal for the Raiders to it's, make. It is, I think it is too. So maybe you're right. Maybe the numbers, maybe you need to give, maybe it needs to be. If I said they got 12 for them. If you told John Gruden today. The Texans will give you Davion Clowney for pick 24. I think he does that in a heartbeat. I, I think Mack would do that in a heartbeat. So, I do that. I mean, everyone does yeah, that. Yeah, we all would, which means that we're not we're not giving the Texans enough if we would all that's do that. Where, that's what I'm saying. I just don't feel like it's enough. Okay, so what would be? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, like what I'm saying is, team? does enough mean 24 and a 2, or does enough mean thir- number 12? Do you, do you need the 8th pick? Do you need the 6th pick? Like, what what's it going to take here? What about, like, 24 and Gabe Jackson? Yeah, to me, you would still do that pretty quickly, right? If you're the Raiders, because the Texans need offensive linemen. That does that feel like a good deal for the Texans? You get a starting guard. You're desperate for offensive linemen. 
and you get a first round pick for a guy you did draft number one overall and became a Pro Bowler. Like to me, you got a lot. That's when you got Mac. Now he's not as good as Mac, but it's closer than a lot of these other guys. When I'm trading you that guy, I'm trading you the sweet thing. Who you can't find? Who's also Clowney's not that old. He's like 25. Yeah. Would you do right now, Gabe Jackson, for Jadavion Clowney? If I'm who? Like, is that a win-win? He's 26. He just turned 26. I mean, he's pretty young. I think it's a better deal for the Raiders. But if you're not going to pay Clowney, that's a pretty good deal if you're the Texans, too. Like, you get a sweet starting guard who's under contract, and you get a first-rounder. How much is Gabe making? Like seven or eight. But they're offensive line guy. They let they led the league and get. Sacks I need more out. than a guard, John. I can't. But do again, the, for a guard. you're getting a, you're getting a good guard and the who's and under the contract. You're saying and, and the, the pick. pick. Oh, okay. yeah. You could justify that. I think 24 is a damn good pick. Like if you nail that pick, right? That like that's one of those. If you nail the pick, then it'll be remembered as a great trade. And if you don't nail the pick, then it'll be remembered as a terrible trade. Like, but the pick's good enough that you can nail that pick. Now, would you rather have 14 and give yourself a much better chance? Here's the question. Would you rather have 24 and Gabe or, you know, like number nine? I don't even know who's. See, but it doesn't feel like most of the teams in the top are not in the business of. Yeah, I'm just saying what's value. Like, I'd rather have 24 and Gabe probably than number nine, right? Because what am where I going are, up there to do? Where, draft where, a where, where are the Falcons drafting? Because I, I assumed the other day way later than they actually are they are at 14 would you rather 14 for clowny or 24 or 27 in gabe well my my gut reaction is i'd rather have like 24 or 27 in gabe just because what am i doing at 14 am i drafting a guard if I'm getting 14 so I can draft a guard, then give me Gabe and give me one of the other first-round picks. No, I, I take Ed Oliver. I take someone like So I just get my clowny replacement who's way cheaper. So I still need to go get a guard. Like I yeah, think- it, it just feels like Clowney's not going to be on the Texans. It's a buzz that I'm getting through Twitter. <laughs> but it does feel it does feel kind of real. Because it's understandable where they're coming from. Uh, all right, I like Molinari's, that. As we're doing this, Molinari's in first. Guy. Molinari's a good little player. Have you seen the guy on uh, Golf Channel that does all the fake voices? I didn't know he was on Golf Channel. I've seen him like on Instagram. Yeah, what, yeah. I think Golf Channel hired him to do something for the Masters. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. Like, he does a good Tiger. He yeah. does a good Molinari. He does a really good. Uh, he does a really good Bubba, kind of like twitching and buttoned all the way up. He does a really good Bubba. All what right. do you think about Bubba? What do you think about Bubba's yellow ball? Whatever. He's your classic kind of NBA player trying to be different so bad. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I actually kind of like it. Um. All right. So let let's. <laughs> So Kobe's been sitting around watching, doing detail on ESPN Plus, just breaking down film, watching more. Do you legitimately think Kobe's watched more, broken down more film with a clicker than Magic in the last 365 days? I think he probably has. 
I think that Kobe has probably watched more NBA basketball over the last 12 months than Magic Johnson, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great is, it, do, do you think that Kobe sits in a room, like, when his kids are asleep, unlike, you know, during the week at, like, 8, 9 o'clock, and has, like, multiple TVs watching the NBA package? I, yeah, I think he watches a ton of basketball. Don't you? One, I think it's his life. Because he does what Magic wants to do, which is tell the other players how great they are. Like give them calls, I, mama mentality. I, I think I think that Peyton Manning and Kobe Bryant consume a lot of shit, not just the business stuff, which I think they like, but I'm talking like keep keep tabs on players. I think it's reasonable to think if you're a great player, you're gonna love the sport. Not all guys still want to watch sports, but the ones that do still want to watch, like Kobe, I have a hard time believing business fulfills Kobe more than basketball. Like basketball, I still think is going to be more important to him than business well think about it, in the top 10 of the great nba players that were maniacal about basketball say what you want about michael like he he kind of has a little magic on in him because he likes to play golf and shit but he loves basketball right it, it, remember that right thompson article like michael sits there at night kind of as a loner when the team's on the road and like just watch the nba package like with a cigar and a cocktail <laughs> L- larry fucking live like Part of the Henry Abbott article was like, say one thing about Larry. Once he committed to the job, he was all in. Like, think he about the draft. Yeah, uh, Paul George. Like, he saw. Like, he 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 loves it. I mean, he showed up for Dirk. Like, basketball means a lot to then him. Then benched and, ball for a month. To me, Kobe, I would put like those two guys. It defines them. You know, like the just the shoot. Like, remember Kobe said the fa- his favorite part of basketball was that snapping sound. Like just the like when you listen to Tiger talk about golf, just the little idiosyncrasies of grass to the to the launch to shit that's like God. Kobe's like steps and remember he was one of the first to work with like Kareem or not Kareem but uh, Hakeem way back in the day, right? To get the fadeaway stuff and the moves, the dream shake, and then it kind of started this movement with Elijah one. I. To me, Magic... Also, Magic's been out of the game. Magic hasn't played in forever. When was the last year? 91? Like, Magic... The... the uh, Maybe the game was in him once after he left, the way it's still in Kobe. But that those days are long gone for him. Clearly. Because he just walked away, didn't... Laughed about the whole thing. Is it crazy to say, and I don't know if this is fair... It came easier to Magic than it did Kobe. Like Kobe felt like he really had to work at it yeah, more. Yeah, it feels like it does feel that way. Now it doesn't mean the Magic didn't work, but yeah, it feels like it was all just kind of Magic could just let it flow and it just it all worked. Like it came to Michael, it feels like easier than Kobe, but then Michael, like his work ethic was maniacal to like try to just perfect his craft. Yeah, and I would just say that their personalities, Kobe, you know, their personalities seem very different. Kobe um, and Magic. Kobe and Michael, and then Magic. Right? You think Kobe and Michael are much more similar? Yeah, I think Magic had more fun. Just like yeah. classic, just general playing in the backyard fun playing the game. I, I, I think Magic personality is much, much closer to Shaq. A little more buttoned up Shaquille O'Neal. Just the life of the room. Everyone loves him. If you brought Shaq to a pitch, like I, I think Magic, when he says, I'm a closer, I'm used to closing deals... Well, part of it magic because you're Magic Johnson, but part of it is like his personality. Like you go to Kobe, you're like God, this guy's kind of a dick, you know. 
Like Magic Shaq walks in a room, he starts BSing, you're like, I want to be around this guy because he feels like he likes you. Like Kobe and Michael are not acting like that. Peyton, I, I don't think, probably fakes to a lot of people that he likes them. Peyton might be a little more of a politician than those guys. But to me, Michael and Kobe, uh, unless you're seriously someone, they ain't BSing with you. Like if, I think if you and I were at dinner or lunch with Magic, we would leave that lunch going, that was the coolest fucking lunch I've ever had. If me right. and you had lunch with Kobe, he might not be nice to us. And I wouldn't blame him for that. But they have great stories. He would rip a lot of people. We'd hear some great stories. Yeah, um, but I, I think you'd be like Magic. Be like, here's my number, man. Give me a call whenever you guys are in L.A. You come over for dinner. Like, he's that. Wow, we really impressed him. But I just think that's who he is, guy. Yeah. Um, that's – that. I look, I think what happened for the Lakers is good for the Lakers, potentially. Now you read all these articles, you know, who – you can't be optimistic that they're going to figure this out. Like Jeannie, like this time I'm going to get it right. There's no, there shouldn't be any optimism that this time they're about to nail the hire because obviously this magic Palinka thing was a total disaster, a complete disaster. That said, I wouldn't mind. I really do mean this. If they wait until the next hire to hire the Palinka or the Bob Myers, because I hadn't even thought about Kobe till you said at the beginning of the show, I would love for Kobe to have a shot. I would love for Kobe to have a shot. Well, I do you know why Chris? Mullen I do think quit? he work. Do you know why Chris Mullen quit? The St. John's. Have you, heard, have you have you heard any stories like what? Yeah. I mean, part, I just kind of assume like part of it, it's got to be they they probably weren't happy. I mean, they like they barely made the tournament this year. It wasn't good. Like they haven't been good. Oh, you're saying that he, you think he kind of got forced out? I, I mean, they forced out Lavin for him. And so it's kind of their MO. Like, when I watch them, you know who coaches them is Greg St. Jean more. Yeah, like, I feel like well, Greg I saw, is... Someone was, someone was trying to get him the job, I saw. Yeah. Like, um, a former player was talking about it on Twitter. Yeah, somebody who said he always used to work him out. Uh, who was, was that? Buddy, was it Buddy Heald or... Yeah, it might have been Buddy, actually. So, like, I think Greg's kind of been doing the heavy lifting on the, in St. John's anyway. So, yeah, I don't... How old, how old is Greg St. Jean's? 30 uh, younger than us i think so 30 to 32 somewhere in there gary's son for people that don't know yeah i mean i i guess why i brought that up with mullen i think a lot of the time now mullen had worked in the nba i think some of these great nba players think that it's going to be a little bit different and whenever like the nfl they always say right if you're going to go into coaching you better be ready it's really, really hard. Remember Marshall Falk? Said, I want to be a head coach. I'll, I want to be a coach only if I be the head coach. It doesn't work like that, Marshall. The NBA occasionally does, and usually that guy fails. Where in the NBA, like they tell even the Rileys and the, the, those types, like it's a grind, man. Even if you're the GM, like you got to work at it. It takes time. Like you don't get to sleep in and show up at one o'clock. We're still getting the office at eight or nine still, you know, and we're there late on off days. Like your off days. An off day for the players are no longer your off day. That's what I think players oh off day. Yeah, not for us. This is a this is a three sixty five job. This doesn't stop. And I think that the Morries, the Bobs, they're just used to it. They don't think like a player, most of these GMs. And I think that was part of the problem probably for Mullen, where it's like when you see Bobby Hurley coach, like Bobby Hurley's really more wired like a coach than he is a player. You know, and some of these coaches in basketball, it's just natural for them to make the transition. And I, you look at Steve, like he's a pretty high level job. And I think people would tell you Steve is on the on the end of being pretty relaxed. Like they're not quite doing pop hours. Right. So I don't know. You don't need to be crazy, crazy. 
but you do need to really work at it. And that's the what, like, I, Kobe ain't half-assing. He's never half-assed shit in his life. Well, and I would say that, that's why to me, I, I don't know if they'll work and I don't know if they'll succeed or fail. But when Peyton Manning and Kobe Bryant, if they want to do this, which you and I and most people are all for, it's very entertaining. I'm not betting against them. Where I, Magic, I think it would kind of felt weird to begin with. It did. I would say the thing that, like, this is where it would get a little interesting with Kobe, right, is you do have to be, and this is like Bob Myers. I don't think Bob gets enough credit for just how many individuals Bob balances. Like, he puts the manage and general manager, right? Like There's a difference. In basketball, you got to kiss a little more ass, let's say. Yeah, there's just a lot. You just got to be willing to... Like it's not it's it's a different world now, and a lot of yeah. different people have a lot of power, and you have to be willing to work with all those people, and that's that's where I wonder about Kobe. That that would be a weakness for him for sure. I don't wonder. Like I, I mean, I know. I, would you agree that Peyton would be more suited to pull that type shit off than Kobe would? And it's different. Yes, than but I would say even Peyton was always like, I'm just I'm better off doing like Peyton was the yeah. guy who just I'll do painted, it myself or I'll tell you what to do. Yeah, I'm going to paint the room myself because I can do a better job than you, even if it's going to take me more time than you painting the room. And as a GM, like Daryl Morey would tell you, like, I got to kiss. Like, I asked James for his recommendations. Like, that's just what we do here. Right. And like you always say with football, like the job's big. Like, you're not just going to manage everybody and watch all the film and do all the, make every decision. Like, you do have to be willing to delegate, trust other people. Like, Magic trusted Steve and John Paxson. Like, he trusted but, other guys to take but, shots. But, Kobe, but I, did Kobe trust anybody else to hit a shot? But I'd also be, Kobe to me, his strength, if he became a good general manager, would be more Jerry West like. He'd yeah. be just pick the right players. Right. He'd have a good feel for players. Like, I wouldn't be picking him to, like, make us some kumbaya front office you know i'd be i'd Kobe's want his... free agent pitches would be epic right one thing coward said this morning is that he had heard that jerry west like loved... kobe what was sorry kobe's dwight pitch was like we don't need you yeah but he hated him <laughs> sorry what did what did Colin say that jerry west loved the magic was a gm because they were going to kick his ass you well know, and just, so it was, and... it was too easy it was too easy yeah, and and I'm and I'm sure that um, that the Clippers as an organization love just you know everything going on with I, I like I know they want to move and build their own arena, but Steve Partis Bomber has to look at this and go, why can't we just make why is it really impossible for us to for us to just keep rolling? Because he's got to like like Steve Bomber has to like the genie bus is running the Lakers based Fuck on the track yes. record. Hell yeah, and so. Like, he's got to look at this like, I, I know he wants his own place, and maybe just he's right that no one will ever quite think of that as the Clippers' home. They just need their own home. But you got to feel like like we can take this thing over. This building, this downtown, why can't this be ours? And they might be right. And like, you know, it's just not, we just got to have our own spot. They might I, be right I, about that. I would say just feel, you just got too many generations. It takes too long. Yeah. Like, it might happen in 40 years, but it's not happening in Steve Ballmer's lifetime. Yeah, you just need your own place. I, I would probably recommend, and this sucks, moving to Seattle. Because then you'd own the market and be Ballmer's. Yeah. It'd be incredible. Just get rid of the Clippers name in general. The, yeah, the Seattle Fishes. The Sonics. Seattle. You just rename the Seattle Sonics, Absolutely. you think? I would, yeah. Hell yeah, like the Washington Nationals. Cleveland Browns. I yeah. guess the Nationals weren't. They were the Senators before, so it's not the same. The logo's the same, though. Didn't the Cleveland Browns come back same? 
They yeah. left and they came Browns. back. I would give it. I mean, yeah, all right. that gear is so well, awesome. Yeah, like, yeah why do you need, why do you need to rename it? Then you bring back the Sean Kemp's, the Gary Paytons, and you can rewear the throwbacks. Yeah, Kevin Durant throwback. Yeah, you're right. But you don't need to rename them. So yeah, I I'm all for the Kobe. But I will say this: I got a DM from a guy in the loop, not in the loop. I mean, just a guy that listens to our show, and said, "Hey man, I saw you tweet because I tweeted out." This thing about Bob Myers, like Bob Myers going to go to the Lakers. Are you fucking out of your mind? And then I got a DM that, you know, I don't know if Bob's quite, I've heard some things. I don't know if this guy's country club membership, whatever, somewhere in the East Bay that just knows some people that know some people. They said, I've heard he's not happy. So I just be careful about what you're tweeting. I don't know this guy just followed me on Instagram. Then Marcus wrote an article like, they better be kind of careful here. There's a little, this is not, he's not just like, warrior for life, which I kind of thought we had talked about. Like I, I no longer think, and unlike Skip Bayless, I don't stick to an opinion. Like I will change if I get information. I still will be a little shocked if he leaves, but I do think it's more of a possibility than I ever imagined 48 hours ago. From just information I've heard and just some people out there, Bob does not make a lot of money as as Marcus relative to – if you're Bob Myers, and money is all relative to your profession. So you're like, God, he makes three million bucks being the GM of the Lakers. Well, he just saw Magic Johnson. Now I get he's Magic Johnson, but it was a laughing stock of the league, was making ten. His coach now, and you could argue like Bob Myers goes, Well, I played a bigger role in everything we've done than Steve, or at least an equal. I deserve equal share. Now you can argue that all you want. I to me, Steve's best attribute is really more management than it is. He's not to me, I don't view him as an X's and O's coach. I, I mean, I thought he was god off. I you could argue he does some weird shit and some weird moments. Like last year in the playoffs and the Rockets, he was I thought he was terrible. Uh, but he does bring some shit to the table that is unique and it was much needed for this team. But so does Bob. Like Bob is in charge of, like you said, his best role is the hardest role of dealing with all these personalities, which is not easy. And they're agents and they're posse and just it's tough. And I think he looks at it like, God damn, I, you, don't, you couldn't do it, Joe. You, you'd be screaming at them all. They would hate you. Luckily, you just kind of get to play this. I mean, Joe Lacob right now, gets he gets a great role. He's like the Disneyland dad. Comes in for the good times, and when he's mad, they never really see him. Kerr and, and Bob do, but the players don't. He ain't screaming at the players, but you know he's screaming. So if you look at Genie, will fucking leave him alone. He will never get yelled at. Like, Bob's stress, to me, Bob has way more stress, and he's compensated way less than Steve. He's like, I'm getting yelled at all the time. He's not really yelling at Steve, and Steve's making more money than me. Now, Steve's stress of coaching is a little different, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's probably a little more real than I ever would have imagined just as an, just a random person just watching from the outside as most people around here are like, Bob, Bob Myers ain't leaving the Lakers. And you start hearing some things, and then you just, I think we all know, like, Lakob is an alpha's alpha. And remember some of the stories that came out? One of the reasons I think Walsh retired early was the stress of coaching got to him. But in Eddie's talked about this over the years. Like we used to, I used to probably overstep my boundaries and yell. We, I used to get in it with Bill a lot. I think that wears you out when you're the head coach and you're having all this success. You start asking yourself, where do I go from here? Like, what else can I do? Like, we're at the mountaintop and it's still not good enough. It's why I think Al Davis wore everyone out. Just, and it's just, that's what makes all these guys great, right? It's that mindset. It helps. Like, you need that to me to, to Steve Jobs, like, just crazy. Now, Eddie was born into it, but I will say Eddie's just always trying to win, just kind of the Steinbrenner mindset, helped the Niners over the years. That was just the standard, and Lakeham's the standard. 
It does wear you out, though, if you do work for that guy. And you're winning. So you're like, what else can I do? I think you think about the recent NBA dynasties. Um, Jerry West was involved with multiples. Obviously, Pat uh, Knight, Pat Knight, Pat Riley was involved with multiples. Um, Popovich was not. Uh, but I think, I think it's pretty easy if you're Bob, not if you're Bob, but it's pretty easy to see, right? If Bob were to resurrect the Lakers, that would take him to another level. Um, and as Marcus wrote, he's making about half of what magic was, which is about 10, but still less than Steve. And, um, why did everyone want to work for Jerry Buss? Because he was actually pretty easy once you won. Like, you well, just like, you fuck, could, do your thing. Especially if you're the GM, you had the most money. You could just throw the most money at people. Think, think about what broke up the Kobe Shaq Lakers. It wasn't like, you know, Jerry West and Phil were being worn out by Dr. Buss. No, they were all kumbaya. It was Shaq and Kobe. Also, as bad as the Lakers situation is, if you don't have to, if Palinka's out, which if you're Bob, you would, if she's paying you $10 million, you'd have the power to say, get rid of Palinka. Yeah, he'd only go to the Lakers. Like, he ain't working for Palinka. If you like so. Luke. If you think Which Luke's an NBA well, head coach. They are tight. You do have, for all the challenges, you do have LeBron James. Right? As, a, tra- Le- as, a, tra- as a trade asset. <laughs> you got LeBron James under contract is what you have for three years. You tell me if you're Bob, you're like, I think I can win a championship in like three years from now. I could win a title with LeBron will be less, but I could put this team. Like, I think you can pretty easily convince yourself. They got a coach I like. They have still one of the best players in the NBA on the roster. If I had total power, this could work. Like I, and they're well, going to pay me. Here's what I here's what I know. Yeah, and I'm gonna get paid, and I'm not gonna have to deal with any bullshit. Because right now, well, you we are cannot deal with a lot of bullshit. It's just different. Yeah, but to me, there's a different there's a different level of media bullshit and getting yelled at by the guy that you answer to. Like, I don't answer to fucking, you know, any of these articles ripping my team. But I do answer to my owner, and I'm always like, God, he's calling me again. God, I, I got to pick. I don't have to pick up when Ramona calls me. I don't have to pick up when, you know, Bill Plaschke calls me, even if they're crushing me. Or even when, even if Clutch calls me, like, I can call him back. When Lakeham calls, you have to pick up. Jeannie's like, I believe in you, Bob. <laughs> it's just, to me, that's a, that's a level of, like, the media, we're fake pressure. To me, your owner, Correct. having been in it, like, I felt it. Like, you just... You're just I remember working for like it's just different. You're that's, just really on just, edge. The media being fake pressure is part of why when I watch that Derrick Rose video, I'm like, BJ Armstrong, I don't think you're helping Derek when you tell him like the media storm's coming, but I'm gonna help you navigate it. It's like what you should be saying is not all this shit all this is all bullshit. Like all this stuff you're about to hear, it's a cover story. Who cares? Like it doesn't matter, Derek. It doesn't matter. But, but I you, think to Derek it, he thinks it I know, is big. but you just you're not helping the thing when you're building it up and making it bigger than it needs to be. But again, but, those guys live in it. I, I think they look at it differently. I know, but I think part of the job from the from that position is to tell guys, look, all this stuff that you think is like a big deal, the media stuff, the shit you get, it's actually not a big deal. The the but one anyway. thing the one thing Marcus wrote that he's like if you get to know Bob, he's famous around here, but he really kind of flies under the radar. It's just and part of that's just the Bay Area, and I think it's Bay Area culture. He's a Bay Area guy, for being this good looking, tall, skinny, famous, rich guy. He's not super big ego. Always, t- you know, he's he's pretty balanced at it. I don't think he probably gets enough credit at that. He's not out there pumping it, pounding his chest for shit. And really, if you look at it like. Until now, the stories have not leaked like he's unhappy. And Bob knows all these guys, right? Like, no story has leaked. Bob Myers is really unhappy. 
And let's call it what it is. You could say, well, why would that leak? It'd make Bob look bad. It still comes out most places, and it doesn't. Where Marcus wrote, you become the GM of the Lakers. Like, you don't get to really fly under the radar as much anymore. Right. Like, they, you have to speak. You have to be. So that would be, but as, as Marcus wrote, the famous Don Draper quote, that's why you pay me all the money. <laughs> you know? That's why you pay him $15 million a year. Keep in mind, I mean, Bob just ran the UCLA search, you know. Now, maybe that means nothing. It's his alma mater. He's a well-connected guy. He was an agent. Did he truly run it, though? Did you, like, did you guys, did you were talking about I mean, the search? I don't know. He was, the, he was like the guy. He called everybody. Like, he was, in, he was heavily involved. Run it. However, he doesn't get to decide who gets hired. Like, that's the athletics director and the president's job. <clears throat> So but you think he played a big role with Dan Guerrero? He absolutely played a big role. Yeah, he was of, of the search committee. He was like at the head of the – now, again, the, the AD and the president get to hire the guy. But yeah. Bob was calling – like Mick Cronin was on the phone with Bob Myers, right? Like all these guys were on the phone with Bob Myers called him. Bob Myers called other – like Bob Myers wasn't heavily involved, however you want to define, but he was basically generally considered at the head of the search committee beyond the AD. So – I, I don't know. I mean, it's an alma mater. Maybe it means nothing. But that is him being involved, having a big hand in helping make a decision that matters. So I, I got one for you, guy. Bob Myers, who universally is viewed like, this guy's a pretty high-level guy. This guy, UCLA, boom. They need something like, let's go to Bob. Yeah. Then you look at it, you go, if you're Bob, you're like, well, I fucking help lead the contingent and get all these guys together to go get Kevin I manage these egos nonstop. I mean, Draymond, I, I'm the one guy that he kind of leans on. Everyone else thinks I'm great, yet you could say you think I'm great, but your money talks. I, I, I don't need – your words mean nothing to me, Joe. So I I'm, I'm view myself as severely underpaid. Yet, again, everyone else, yet the guy I work for and have helped become a fucking legend in the richest area in the world – I don't even know if he believes at me. So I, I put myself in Bob's shoes, and I see where I'm starting to think like it's probably more of a chance, assuming the Lakers want him, because part of it is like the Kobe element. She's not going to fire Rob because that's Kobe's guy. So there, there's kind of the elephant in the room. But if Bob were to be interested in the Lakers, that would mean that Rob would be gone. I, I think there's, a, I, I think it's more realistic than I should have the initial thought I put into it. So I, I like, I think there's two, there's two kinds of interactions you have with a doctor. There's the one where you go see the doctor and they just, that you're doing maintenance with the doctor all the time. And the doctor just helps you stay healthy for 40 years. And then there's when you need a triple bypass and a doctor's got to save your life. And that's the guy that gets all the thank you cards. The guy that does the triple bypass, right? I, you saved my life. We owe you. The, but Bob is the guy just keeping everybody for 40 years. Bob is just, Running tests, being proactive, being preventative, making sure you're on the right diet, making sure your back is fine. Bob is just keeping. Bob has kept this thing in line. He hasn't had to do any triple bypass, and so it's you know you don't really notice it because Bob is always talking to 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 Draymond. He's always talking to KD. And he's always talking to Rich Kleiman. And he's always talking to Steph. And he's always he's just he is just running the thing. And you don't he doesn't have to do a triple bypass, so no one's really noticed. But it doesn't mean he's any less of a doctor. Um, and look, the Lakers are triple bypass. Like that would be, sometimes you just, maybe you want to get it and do the big surgery. I couldn't blame him for that. Yeah. I, you know, if it's, if it's in him, go get it, Bob. Like the la- what was the big, the biggest one was like, he got Andre Iguodala. Like that was a long time ago from that one. Right. 
Well, it wasn't as he got Andre. It was like we have no chance to get Andre. Like we and he did these crazy moves. Yeah, it was, and then that, and then. But remember, Joe Bell. kept yelling at him. Like I just think he deals like to him. Well, the yeah. Don Draper quote. That's why you get paid all this money. Bob has to be thinking like. Steve gets paid all this money now, and he deals like he gets compensated to be fucked with with Joe. I'm not being compensated enough to be in fuck with with Joe. I think that's the most basic element, and it's all relative to your business. And I I, I can relate to that for Bob. I don't think I'm paid enough to deal with this nut job, because that's what to they're part of that. Again, he likes what Joe stands for and is in the standards, but it wears humans out. Because at the end of the day, Bob is not in control. He is an employee. So he answers to that human. But he's like, God, I wish Goober was more involved. I guess John Ireland just said, the late, the 710 ESPN guy in LA, Lakers radio guy, I'm hearing that people in the people in the higher, higher positions really want to keep Rob. He's won over top decision makers in the organization, including Jeannie Palenka. You just look at Rob, and the first thing I think is politician. Would you leave the Lakers if you were Luke Walton and you knew you had this job for the Kings? Because I think the Kings are like the Kings. They seem a little more stable than three years ago, but you know. Well, if 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 you're like, well, the Kings will give you a four year five million, you know, four years twenty million dollars. The Lakers aren't going to mess with your contract. I'd probably bounce. I feel like the Kings would need to. I I feel like if he just if he left the Lakers on his own, like I'm choosing to leave the Lakers. Like they're like, like, hey he, Luke, like hey Luke, we're not going to fire you. Yeah, yeah, deal. no, Luke, you are back. Like Rob's like Luke, you're my guy, right? You are back. I feel like the Kings would have to give him like a six or seven year, like a. But big to me, Bl- I think Vladdy could tell him like I'm here to stay now. That doesn't matter. You just hired you just hired Jaeger and said he was stability is here. And then he got fired. Well, so, yes, like, you know the Kings lead the league in it being reported that something about to happen. Someone someone asked Vladdy yesterday. I watched his press conference. They're like, Vladdy, what do you think about the narrative that this is the most unstable organization in the league? He's like, unstable. He's like, I've been here four years and I just got a four year contract. I'm stable. They're like, yeah. What about everyone else? What are you talking about? And Vladi, I've never t- – have you talked to Vladi? Briefly. I'm pretty sure he's been in America like 40 years. He knows English pretty well. He does a pretty good job at his press conference to act like he's been in America two years. Like, uh, to kind of – and what are you going to do? Like, he doesn't know the words. You know, he's like, uh, you know, how do you say, uh, yeah, we're doing well. It's like, Vladi, are you speaking? I know you know English. Like, you're doing genius because you're getting fucking peppered up there. And he, he acted like he barely knew English. Like, buddy, I mean, you were playing in the NBA before I was born. Come on, man. You're like one of the – you're like the greatest teammate ever. I know you speak, I mean, basically fluent English. But he was up there acting like he'd been in America for five years. Pretty genius tactic. Didn't they say uh, Pablo – not pa- like a famous player used to pull that out. Like Miguel Cabrera. Like just baseball players do it all Each the time. Hero. Like, yeah, they, they know English fluently, but then they when they see reporters like – they don't speak English? Translator. Now, granted, wouldn't you do the same thing if you were them? Probably. 1,000%. I think Guy Haberman would hate – if he was a professional athlete, would hate the media more than most professional athletes. Is that a fair statement? Yes. I think you, Guy, would despise the media. Yes, I think I would. You, I think you would be known in media circles <laughs> as the asshole of the league. <laughs> 
I really do. I think you'd be possible. Close to like yeah, it depends. It it would depend, John. If I was really good and knew I didn't need anybody, I would definitely the true me would come out. Yeah. Yeah, if you were my rookie year, they'd be like nicest guy in the clubhouse. <laughs> that would be you. Yes. Like you know, he really changed. Like I I used to have his cell. He changed his number. I always support players because it's like we're just looking for you to fuck up so you can make us yeah. a sweet topic for us to like get clicks. Yeah, totally. Um. So yeah, I mean I. But but it well, is still I, a leap. I, like I'm leaving the I'm leaving LeBron because le- it would be like you could make the case the only coach that ever survived LeBron was the guy who had the backing of the front off, like really had the backing of the front office, right, Spolstra. But everybody lose. Like in the end, I'm, LeBron's gonna beat me out. Like I'm not winning this unless like maybe Bob Myers takes over and it's a different animal. But, but if I it's would not say Bob, this, if it's Palinka, I, I would say the elephant in the room and the scary thing about LeBron is that he could come back, like, he's still good enough. He could be in fuck you mode, like, win the MVP next year and gain all the juice back. Because at the end of the day, NBA players have more power. Yeah, but, I mean, that would gain LeBron a lot of equity right back. No question. Like, they're boom, they're the three seed. Boom, LeBron was like... We got to fire Luke to get over the hump. God, LeBron just averaged 30, 10, and 11, and just looked like the guy was on a man from a mission because it's not really disputable. He still got that pitch in the back. Like, that'd be the one thing. Like, you know what? This guy's just not as good anymore. Like, he's like you know, Buster Posey doesn't outrun the organization anymore. I don't think you can write off LeBron like that yet. I, I agree, but it would take guts, day. John, to just leave that to go coach the Kings. Yeah, but if, you, if you're if you Luke and you know he doesn't really like you, you yeah. know he can get you. That would yeah. be the thing. As long, yeah, but then again, a lot of this is like if Myers comes, that's a different animal. But if it's Rob and it's LeBron, yeah. But even if Myers comes, like LeBron is still, if he gets back in the mix, still going to have the juice. Like, and get it back. For sure, still- but I, I think it would be, like, I think if Bob was coming, it would be a little different. It would, but, because again, then Bob would basically just be acting as Luke's agent. You don't right? walk away from Bob to go work for the Kings. No, no, no. But you walk away, wouldn't it be understandable if Rob stays? And yeah. Rob's like, yeah, you can be my coach. I would leave him. Because like, I think he'd actually be a really like good fit with the Kings. You, you read enough of these articles that there, people aren't just throwing this out there. I heard Chris Broussard say this, Henry Abbott wrote, like the word, like most people in the NBA, like other GMs that dealt with Rob for years that have great relations. Remember when Dan Fagan died, uh, the former major agent for the NBA, and everyone's like, this guy was a great guy. Even like Drew, like if Drew Rosenhaus something ha- like took over a team, I think most people in the NFL would be like, you know what, Drew grew a lot on me. I kind of like the guy. Like it feels like most people kind of like dealing with him now. I think the hate for Rob in the NBA pretty universally is this guy's a fucking cocksucking asshole that just I wouldn't trust to walk my dog across the street. Like the hate is not just, you know, the guy was tough to negotiate with. He was a dick. Like this guy's a bad human. That's what it feels like. And then you kind of look at him. He kind of looks like, yeah, <laughs> something's a little off. Like it feels like Bob Myers. Yeah, he's probably got some things that. If they came out, you'd be like, God, I didn't see that in Bob. You have to to be good in, you know, in that type of profession. Like, you know, he did some shady shit back in the day. But it does feel like, you know what? People really like Bob Myers. People, wouldn't you say in the NBA, people would much rather deal with Bob than they would, like, let's say Joe Lacob? Like another owner or GM? Yeah, Just, I mean, I don't, I can't think of anybody that, any, that, pe- that I, is there a guy out there that you'd say people would rather deal with person X than Bob Myers? Has that person been? You, think, you remember when Mark Cuban, like when we were in high school, everyone kind of hated Mark Cuban and thought he was a tool. It was like, God, they're going to kick this guy out of the league. And it was crazy. But then he's become like pretty universally, like everyone kind of likes Mark now. 
Do you think Joe ever kind of becomes like that? You know, he's mellowed out a lot. He's just become kind of friendly. Or just doesn't really feel like he's ever become that. And again, I, I have a lot of respect know. for Joe. I just know that type of personality just wears people out that are around him. Yeah. I bet Kirk, I bet Kirk would tell you. He's just hard on people. You know, it's just... That's, what, uh, that's how he amassed his life. See, Cuban amassed his wealth from the internet. It's a little different, I think. Like, venture capitalists is a little more cutthroat. I think at the end of the day, you'd rather always work for, like, the Paul Allen, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just nice. The owner that leaves you alone and gives you all the money. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Bob, Bob and KD package deal to the Knicks? Climbing? <laughs> I root for Climbing because he's bald. I root for Bob because he has hair. Don't blame you. <laughs> all right, on that note. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger is uh, just—he's just—he's four—he's four back. He's—he's he's three under. All right. Later. See ya. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.